Real quick before we get started, don't forget to check the show notes for more information and a transcript. If you enjoy this or other episodes, please do me a favor and leave a rating or review in your podcast app. I'm Amber Tresca, and this is About IBD. It's my mission to educate people living with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis about their disease and to bring awareness to the patient journey. Welcome to episode 105. IBD is sometimes called a disease of young people. When Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, or IBD unspecified are diagnosed in children under the age of six years, it's called very early onset IBD. And when it's diagnosed in those under the age of two years, it's called infantile onset IBD. IBD in younger patients may be more difficult to treat, and as you can guess, there isn't enough research to understand how best to help these patients and their families. In addition, the diagnosis of IBD is rising all over the world, and especially in kids. My guest is Brooke, a teenager who lives with ulcerative colitis. I met her at Connecticut Children's Pediatric Infusion Center. Before she received an infusion of her IBD medication, she sat down with me for a few minutes to tell me about her experiences as a pediatric IBD patient, how Camp Oasis has been important in her life, and how the comprehensive care she receives at Connecticut Children's has made all the difference. So, Brooke, thank you so much for coming on about IBD. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. We're here today because you're getting an infusion of your medication. And I'd like to know, maybe just really quickly, what age were you when you were diagnosed with IBD? I was diagnosed with colitis when I was one and a half. You were one and a half? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You don't remember it? No. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And how old are you now? I'm 13. Oh, my gosh. So your whole life you've been you've been dealing with this. Yeah. Yeah. What has it been like to go to school with IBD? What was it like when you were really little? Was there anything that was different about you you're going to school than it was for your friends? I mean, I missed a lot more school. So like, especially for math classes, I had to like catch up on a lot of work. And I had like a lot of like when I had infusions and doctor's appointments. So then I would have to like, I'd have to do like more tutoring, more worksheets to catch up. Mm -hmm. And how was it with your friends? Did your friends think that that was kind of awesome? I know when I was a child, when I was a teenager, I was diagnosed when I was 16. I had lots of times when I was out of school for a long periods of time. And then I had a tutor that would come to my house and my friends thought that was awesome. I didn't really like it. How did you feel about that? I mean, I didn't really tell like my friends when I was younger because I, I like thought it was like really bad. So I was like being very secretive. Mm -hmm. um, but like I would say like I have to like I was busy so I wouldn't be able to do some things. And they thought that it was like they didn't really think it was like they didn't make any comments. So do you miss school sometimes because you have infusions or you have doctor's appointments? Um, not really. I mean, I was missing a lot more school when I was younger than now. Mm -hmm. Now it's more like I've only like once in a while. Do you think that's because your IBD is better controlled now than it was when you were younger? Yeah, I think that it's like been, it's like much better than when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you have, do you do any sports by the way? Um, I don't do any sports. I mean, I do like dance. I'm doing tennis. Mm-hmm. 
You don't think dance and tennis are sports? Well, like, <laughs> I don't know what, like, some people think, like, the dancers. I don't really think dance is a sport. I think it's, like, an active activity, but uh-huh. I don't, it's, like, exercise. Probably it could be just as much exercise as you get for doing some other sports. Maybe not, but, like, depends on what sport you're comparing it to. But, like, don't think it's, like, really a sport sport. Mm-hmm. What kind of dance is it? Uh, well, I do, like, a bunch. So, like, contemporary jazz, hip-hop. Wow, that's amazing. And so you're feeling well enough to do these things. Yeah, I mean, I've been like much better like over the past like two, three years. Mm-hmm. Or is it like, yeah, I think like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to do like way more things and like my disease isn't really acting up. So like I won't like have to stop what I'm doing mm-hmm. to like go to the nurse or. How has middle school been? So middle school was sixth, seventh and eighth grade for you. Mm-hmm. And how has that been as far as um, dealing with your IBD? Is it still the same? People don't really know what you're dealing with? Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's much, much different than when I was younger. Because like now it's like, if people know about my disease, it's like, I'm like, I'm happy to open up. Mm-hmm. And it's also like, um, it's not, it's like, I barely have to go to the nurse. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I don't have to like, really worry as much. Do you ever start conversations about your disease? Like, how does it come up that you would tell a friend about it, for instance? So, like, if it's, like, a friend that I'm, like, close enough or, well, a friend that I wouldn't, like, mind telling, I'd probably, like, say, like, I'd say, like, if, like, I go to the nurse every once in a while or, like, when I can't, like, meet up with them, Mm -hmm. like, like, sometimes, like, they would ask why, then I would just, like, say, like, that, well, I can't because I have an infusion or I have a doctor's appointment. And then if, like, it's, like, a new friend and then I'm just telling them, I would probably, like, start the conversation because I feel like they have a right to know. You feel like they have a right to know? It's because, so you don't want to, for instance, come up with an excuse that maybe wasn't the truth. Is that how you're looking at it? Uh, Yeah, but, like, it's, like, sometimes if it's, like, something that's, like, it doesn't really affect them, like, if it's, like, if I keep on making up, like, excuses that I feel like I should tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. But if it's, like, I feel like I should, like, sometimes it's, like, and if I don't feel like I have to tell them, then I won't. What about adults? Do you ever tell adults or have a conversation with adults? Other than when you're receiving an infusion and um, a strange other IBD patient asks you a lot of questions <laughs> with a microphone in your face. <laughs> um, uh, well, like, I not really talk to adults that much yeah except for like my mom's friends and I don't even know if like my mom says anything (laughs) it's like I'm sure like and I think that like like, they'll ask me or like my like aunt will ask me how my infusion went or like my grandparents and like then I'll talk to them but it's not really like I'd be like fine telling them it just doesn't really like come up because I don't talk to them like without my mom so it's like sure Yeah. yeah Yeah, I get that. I understand that. Yeah, as a mom, I think what you do is you try to protect your kids a lot. So you might try to protect your kids from having to talk to people, talk to other adults about, you know, the the realities of living with IBD because it's not always, uh, you know, fantastic. What kind of questions do your friends ask you? Do they have any questions? I mean, like, they usually ask, like, if it's, like, getting better, which is, like, really sweet. They, um, <laughs> and then they like, um, what's it called? they ask like, well, how I've like been lately. They ask like, like if there's like when I'll get like 
better. Like, or like, do I still have to like go for infusions once I explain infusions to them? And but like, it's usually not like all the specifics. It's more of like the, you know, are you going to get better soon? Do you find yourself explaining the idea that you're better, you're doing well now, but that this is something that's ongoing and that it's, it's not really like a cold, you know, do they, do they get that part of it? Yeah. It's like, I mean, I think that they get it. I just like say it's like unactive, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what's it called? Then I say how I'm really lucky. Then I also explain how some people aren't as lucky because I feel like it's like not a lot of people. Like they probably just think that, oh, if this is like if my disease, like or, like everybody else is too. Like if like if mine is good, then everybody else that has like colitis or Crohn's is also good. Mm-hmm. Then it's like I feel like you know they should know. So you try to sort of put it in perspective in terms of the fact that I'm doing well now, but do you say things like, oh, this is actually a pretty serious disease. I know kids that are are worse off, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation has a summer camp for kids with IBD that's called Camp Oasis. It's a residential camp that's run by dedicated volunteers, including physicians, nurses, and other healthcare professionals who are available on-site 24 hours a day. Brooke has been able to attend Camp Oasis for several years. As she gets older, she's looking forward to participating in the LIT program, which stands for Leaders in Training. LITs are older teens who are given training to assist the Camp Oasis counselors with the younger campers. How many years have you gone to Camp Oasis? Just a couple? Uh, I think like, how many, six? Really? Wait, no, maybe not. Uh, I think five. Five. Like next year will be like my sixth, right? Yeah. Wow. And is it your favorite week of the year? This is what everyone tells me. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like I really miss it. It's like a huge, huge family. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that you ever would have met or made friendships with other kids who live with an IBD if you hadn't gone to Camp Oasis? I mean, it would be like probably like a coincidence, like if I just like happened to. But like there's not like many people that go to my school that I know that have colitis or Crohn's. Mm-hmm. I think that they're like, probably like three that I know of there actually no I think like one other that I know of there are probably more that just you know they haven't like felt comfortable telling people right like I wouldn't tell strangers either right but I feel like Camp Oasis it's like I've met like a lot of a lot of people at Camp Oasis and there's like a bunch of people like of all ages and it's like I'm I have friends who are like like that were like LITs when I was like eight so mm-hmm. it's yeah. really nice to have like different age groups and then they always are like comforting me and I felt sad. Leaders in training. So mm-hmm. are you going to be a leader in training? Yeah. Well, once I, yeah, older. Once I you're want a little to. bit older. Yeah. Do you think that you'll continue? What about when you are not of the age that you'll be a camper anymore? Do you think you would come back and, and volunteer as a counselor or in yeah. another capacity? I really want to be like a counselor because... It's like, it's like, I miss it so much and it always like be there with me. So yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you keep in touch with uh, the kids that you've met there throughout the year? So like at the end of like, well, two years ago, um, at the end of camp, I got everybody's like phone numbers Mm -hmm. or like emails. And then um, we made like a group chat 
And then there's also, I don't know where it was. It was like a reunion. Mm-hmm. And so then there's like a reunion. And then there's like five people who live near the place where it happened. Mm-hmm. And then we all like had like a group chat. And then we all had like, um, not like play, like a get together and planning after. Yeah. Wow. So friends for life, right? That's what <laughs> it sounds like. Yeah. We've been friends like four years, three years. Yeah. At the time we talked, Brooke's ulcerative colitis was stable. However, that wasn't always the case. She and her family worked together with her team at Connecticut Children's to bring her disease under control. In fact, she was doing well enough that she attended a residential summer camp with healthy kids her age. Not only that, but she was able to use the skills she learned while working with her pediatric psychologist, Dr. Brad Gerson, to participate in activities that were out of her comfort zone. And your friends at school, do they sort of check in with you and ask you how you're doing every so often? I mean, yeah, it's like, it's only really like every five weeks, like, you know, um, whenever like I tell them like I can't, I'm busy, then it's only whenever like I say like I'm busy, they're like, and then I tell them why. Like if I'm going for a vision, they'll be like, oh, so (laughs) it's getting better. It's it's like, it's like not often because it's like, they know it's unactive, right? So yeah. it's like every like once in a while. How do you think your symptoms are right now? Like if you had to say that they're they're good, better than they used to be? They're like way, way better than they used to be. Way, way better really than they used good. to be. It's like like barely have any symptoms. Wow. That's amazing. So what are you thinking about as you go into eighth grade? I have a son who just completed eighth grade and he's going into high school. And wow, the amount of choices going into high school, trying to figure out the classes that you want to take. Have you thought about that at all? For when I'm in high school? Yeah. I mean, like, probably should. (laughs) 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 Well, now I will. Um, Yeah. Like, I don't know. I probably want to take, like, some math. Some things. (laughs) Some math? Yeah. I don't know what the classes are, really. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, I want to talk about this. Do you like math? Yeah, but like I like math and science. Uh-huh. But like math is like really hard for me when I was younger. Uh-huh. And math is still like my worst subject. But it's like I still really like it because I want to get better at it. So. Wow, that's fantastic. I love this outlook. Do you think that living with IBD has sort of helped shape that in you because I would say that you're sort of going towards the thing that you that is difficult for you and that's most people would go away from that thing yeah I think that it's like IBD has like also made me a little stronger and it made me like more like I feel like I could do anything if I could handle like getting needles and if I could handle like what happened to me when I was like way younger yeah then I could be able to like like do anything if I like put my mind to it would you say that you're fearless maybe (laughs) I mean and different things yeah Mm -hmm. what is something that you've done recently that you found scary but you did it anyway uh so like I do this activity and probably no one knows what it is it's like circus but like we had to do like like foot tricks almost and I was hanging by my foot and then like and I had to let go so like if my foot came out then I would like really hurt my head (laughs) and so I was really scared 
and then we had to do like the performance and I had to be in sync with everybody and I was like in the front so I was really scared but like I still did it right yeah no that's amazing and let me ask you this too because doing performances doing things like that especially when you have ulcerative colitis that's a lot not only is it getting up on stage and doing those things in front of other people but you are living with a disease that might, you know, you might need to take a break for a minute. So I think that's really fantastic. How has that been? You, you're you well enough that it's not, that's not an issue for you anymore? Yeah, it's like, also like the best thing is like to have water. And because it's like, it was really hot at camp. It was like, everybody had to get water for like yeah. water breaks. So it wasn't like, and I didn't really tell everybody because I didn't really feel comfortable at camp. Yeah. Were, like, I don't know. But it was like, wasn't even like I wasn't feeling like my stomach hurt in the middle of it which is like really good and I kept myself distracted whenever I did like if I ever did a symptom did come up so mm-hmm. and like that was an activity that I really enjoyed I can't so I was like okay I would just get a focus on this and like have like a blank mind how did you learn how to put yourself in that frame of mind that you could do that and you could distract yourself from what was going on with your physical body well, I mean, Dr. Brad. <laughs> um, but, like, so he taught me, like, a lot of meditating. And I also, like, like my mom, she said to, like, distract yourself. And then the activity I would do when I was younger is, like, art because I didn't have, like, my stomach hurts. So then I would just, like, I didn't want to do any actually, like, sports or activities like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just decided that, like, it actually did work. Like, if I would just, like, do what I'm doing and then the more I think about it, then it's not going to really help because it's, like, still going to hurt. But if you're, like, doing something else, you're distracting yourself, you're just focusing on that activity instead of focusing on how you're feeling. That makes a lot of sense. That's really great. Wow, I'm so impressed. You also um, play tennis. What? How I has that been? I started. Oh, you started? Yesterday. So is- oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, I did a little at camp, but, like... Not really. That was like for like five days. Uh huh. So what drew you to tennis? Why tennis? Well, my mom, she was like, I, she wants, she's placed tennis and uh-huh. she's like basically a pro. Oh, okay. She's, she's becoming a pro. <laughs> <laughs> and so she wants to be able to like play with me. It's a good activity to do over the summer. And like I'm supposed to be like doing more activities this year because we had like no activities last year. And yeah, it's also like I actually really enjoy tennis because when I hit the ball, it's fun, even though I miss the ball a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Does mom stand on the side? Mom is to my to my left. So she's listening to everything that I'm saying <laughs> to you. Um, but does mom stand on the sidelines of tennis and, and uh, tell you how to do it? Or does she talk to you afterwards? So I have like a private instructor that I had. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. So then at the last, like, five minutes, she came, which made me stressed. So then I was, like, did poorly, but <laughs> I blame it on mom. <laughs> so, so mom, we're, we're finding out right here, mom, that you should um, maybe not come to tennis practice. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> yeah, I would have done so much better if you weren't there. I'm totally just a pro. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. During the pandemic, many of us were reliant on social media or video conferencing to connect with our friends and family. Many parents are concerned about how to decrease screen time 
and get kids back to in-person activities. For people with IBD, social media is sometimes the only way to meet other people living with the disease. However, Brooke deftly cuts to the chase about her relationship with social media, and I think we can all learn from her example. Brooke, do you use social media at all? Are you on social media? I mean, like, no, I don't have any. I have, like, well, text, but that's not really social media. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's like, um, I also don't have a phone. So <laughs> it's also, like, pretty good because it's, like, I've, like, a lot of kids my age, they're, like, a little more, like, they, like, act like they're, like, <laughs> I don't know, a lot, lot older. That's why I noticed at camp. Mm -hmm. And they all, like, they all are, like, addicted to their phones, even though they didn't have it. Like, they had computers, and they would just, like, go on TikTok on their TikToks account. Mm -hmm. And I don't, and it's, like, I feel like, like, even when I'm on my iPad, it's, like, I get so, like, distracted, and it makes me, like, more, like, sad and moody, or, you know, whenever I'm on my, like, electronic too much. Mm -hmm. So, it's, I feel like I'm actually pretty happy they don't have social media, even though I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, it's kind of like fast food. It's like, I want it. I know it's not going to be good for me. Tomorrow I'm going to have a bad day, but right now I want it. Like, I, to I totally understand that. So, on your iPads, you watch YouTube? Is that a dumb question? Everyone who's 13 watches YouTube, right? Well, um, I mean, I watch, like, um, one YouTuber, but like not really because it's like, it's not like too much. It takes up like all your time mm -hmm. on YouTube and this YouTuber only posts like once a week and a lot of them post like four times a week. Right. So it's like, it's like a fun activity for me to do like whenever like I want like inspiration or I want like something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. They like, yeah, we used to have weekly TV shows. <laughs> You'd have to wait all week for the show to come out. You know, you couldn't just watch a whole season in a day if you wanted to. So it's kind of a lot like that, I guess. You are a very impressive person, Brooke. I have to say that. Um, it has been fabulous to talk to you. I really appreciate your time. Tell me what what kind of music are you listening to right now? Um, I'm listening to Broadway a lot, especially like Hamilton, because mm -hmm. it's like also like just a lot of fun to like sing along to, and it's like my happy place. Wow, that's so fun! Is there anything that you would say to another kid who just got diagnosed with IBD? Um, this is probably like the most basic thing to say, but um, like I think that it's like it was like it gets worse before it gets better, and it's like. If you keep on pushing through and you have a positive mindset, like that really helped me because my mom would be like, have a positive outlook and then just keep on thinking positive. Distract yourself because that definitely helps. You might be like thinking, oh, no, it doesn't. But like and also like drink lots of liquids like water. I, I don't drink. Anybody should drink like enough water. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know we just met today so you don't know this about me but I am famous for not drinking enough water I so I hate water. thank you for that advice I will take it to heart I will think <laughs> of you from now on especially when see I have this giant thing of water right here that I should be drinking have not taken a sip of it I had like I had a water bottle that I was supposed to drink because it's easier for the IV to go in and I had like one sip <laughs> <laughs> like, my well, mom has like totally this huge that, water she's like this huge water and she like drank it in like less than an hour so and <laughs> she's like drink your water <laughs> yeah we all have to listen to our mothers so <laughs> <laughs> Brooke is there anything that you want to say to 
the people that have cared for you during your IBD journey? I think that I'm like, I'm really thankful for all like my doctors and nurses who like have get, gotten me this far where I am and where like I don't, it's like, I don't need to go like, to extra doctor's appointments. It's like, I've, I'm like really healthy and I'm really grateful. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences with me. It is really impactful for other kids, especially kids that don't have the benefit of something like a Camp Oasis to be able to hear the voice of another person that's like them and also to to the moms of of kids like you because you have uh, built extraordinary resilience. So I really am looking forward to hearing what you're going to do next. Thank you so much for your time, Brooke. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Hey, Super Listener. Thanks to Brooke and her family for allowing me to bring her voice and her perspective to About IBD. Extra special thanks to friend of the pod, Dr. Brad Gerson, who connected us and who works tirelessly every day to help families affected by IBD. Links to more information about the topics we discussed is in the show notes and on my episode 105 page on aboutibd.com. If you are a family that's touched by IBD, I'm inviting you to connect with IBD Moms, a nonprofit I co-founded with Brooke Abbott of the Crazy Creole Mommy Chronicles. IBD Moms is a space for moms and moms-to-be who live with an IBD and moms of kids with IBD to find help and support. You can find us as IBD Moms across all social media. You can also follow me, Amber Tresca, across all social media as About IBD. Thanks for listening. And remember, until next time, I want you to know more about IBD. About IBD is a production of Malintel Enterprises. It is written, produced, and directed by me, Amber Tresca. Mix and sound design is by Matt Cooney. Theme music is from Cooney Studio. Ah, wait. I forgot the camp name. Okay, but wait. That's it's okay. been two years. I can't tell you what I had for breakfast this morning, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs>